welcome to a Monday edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. Really glad to be back on uh, with you guys. I did not do a podcast Friday. Bad, bad, bad deal. Didn't do one Monday because it was July the 5th. Didn't do one Friday because, honestly, last week I was on vacation. And uh, vacation for me, now that it's um, in the rearview mirror, I can tell you this. Uh, my wife and kids have been gone for a month. Um, my wife is from Arizona, as many of you know, who have been longtime listeners to the podcast. And so uh, we go to Arizona every summer. Well, we have a new, relatively new puppy this year, and our puppy is uh, not someone I would want to stick a house guest with or a house sitter with. And so I uh, took one for the team and decided to stay home and take care of the dog. So uh, they drove to Arizona because uh, my daughter uh, has a skin condition that makes uh, wearing a mask a problematic situation for her. And so uh, they were gone a long time. And so I worked the first three weeks and I took the last week to do some stuff here around the house and work myself to a frenzy, which I enjoy. I love doing landscape projects. And the big project this summer was uh, bringing my long asphalt driveway back from the dead. <laughs> I spread 100 gallons of sealer on it. I filled every crack. I did it uh, meticulously and like it was some kind of a you know Van Gogh painting I was restoring. And I saved myself uh, at least 800 bucks doing it myself. But I also like worked myself uh, to the bone in a very hot, humid week. And so Friday, man, I was just like, there was really nothing sports-wise. There's always something faith-wise, but I did one podcast last week. I'm sorry. So we'll get back on a three-week, three-day-a-week podcast as we're getting close to football season. And it's going to be an exciting football season because Ohio State's going to be really good. The Browns should be really good. The Bengals should be better. I'm going to be covering Central Ohio football uh, in my other capacity for PressProsMagazine.com. If you guys are not following PressProsMagazine.com, it is a great site. I'm unabashedly uh, not um, what's the word I'm looking not uh, neutral on that because I work for them and I'm selling them in Central Ohio. If you're an advertiser in Central Ohio and you want to reach a an audience that loves amateur sports. Ohio State, University of Dayton, Central Ohio, OCC, Columbus Catholic League, Midwest Athletic Conference, and we knock it out of the park. We crush it. We cover it like it is Sports Illustrated back when Sports Illustrated wasn't putting men in bikinis on the cover as women back when they were putting, you know, uh, when you couldn't wait to get your Sports Illustrated in the mail after the Monday night national championship game on Thursday before the internet. Big pictures, long narrative stories, really well written. We got Hal McCoy, the Baseball Hall of Famer, working for us. We got Mark Snyder from the Columbus Dispatch, formerly of the Dispatch, retired. Steve Blackledge, the man on high schools, working for us. Me, Greg Billing, who worked at the Dayton Daily News. Greg Horde, who covered the Reds for the Cincinnati Enquirer and had a long career in television. And we crush it. And so if you are not logging in daily to PressProsMagazine.com, and browsing around the site for the Central Ohio tab, which will cover the OCC, the Ohio State tab, the Dayton tab. It's an awesome site. And we'd love to have you be a part of it as an advertiser, as we've been in business for over a decade, and now we're moving into Central Ohio. So uh, that's my little pitch for PressProsMagazine.com. And off the top of the podcast today, I want to thank George. George is one of the most loyal listeners of the We Tackle Life podcast. And last week, I happened to mention... Uh, I think I might have been talking about Press Pros Magazine or something. 
I was talking about Sport Magazine. And as a kid, I used to love getting Sport Magazine every month with the big full-color pictures. One entire page was a full-color picture. And I'd cut that picture out and I'd paste it on my wall of my room. And George stunned me by sending me three copies of Sport Magazine from the early 1960s including one in which Jim Brown of the Browns writes a very emotional story about the death of his teammate, who he never got to play a down with, Ernie Davis, the Heisman Trophy winner, the topic of the movie. What was the movie about Ernie Davis? I forget. George will email me and let me know. But uh, Ernie Davis, just an amazing movie, and Jim Brown and Ernie Davis both played at Syracuse, Ernie Davis after Jim Brown. So George sent me these sport magazines. George, you should sell those on eBay, man. You could make a fortune off of those. Well, maybe not. But anyway, I'm just so happy that, George, uh, you listen and that you were sacrificially giving from your collection. George sent me an email. He said, I smiled when I heard your reference to Sport Magazine in one of your recent podcasts. By the way, you can email the show, wetacklelife at gmail.com, wetacklelife at gmail.com. George's email continues. You mentioned an article about the first $100,000 player who hit singles. Yes, Pete Rose. I used to get this magazine regularly, and I remember an article about who would be the first $100,000 player. The debate centered on Maze or Mantle, if I remember correctly. And then George sends me a link to a sermon, and he says he also recently listened to a clip from Dr. Erwin Lutzer uh, that uh, was made in the process of writing his book, We Will Not Be Silenced, which is an amazing book, and I definitely highly suggest any of you get it so you know how to fight back against the anti-God agenda out there in culture. And George says he's happy that I got my air conditioning going. George, so am I, and so are my wife and kids, because today is the uh, 12th of July, and one of the contractors told me he could not put my air conditioning in until July 13th. And that's really pretty much the sole reason why I didn't select him, because he's a great guy and he's done great work here before. But so anyway, uh, back at it. And loving being back. And so let's transition now into the actual sports portion of the podcast with some Ohio State football, some Major League Baseball, and some one, oh, Ohio State basketball. Okay. So, and some, of course, name, image, and likeness. We got to do name, image, and likeness. So let's start with the fact that tonight is Home Run Derby. Um, you know, it's if I'm channel surfing and I happen upon it, I, I may watch it. I probably won't be channel surfing tonight because we have a web show tonight, uh, pressprosmagazine.com web show, which you can watch uh, at pressprosmagazine.com. And we hope to have a big time, big time guest tonight, which uh, you will be interested in if you're an Ohio State fan. I uh, haven't gotten confirmation of that yet. But at any rate, I, I won't have time tonight to be channel surfing, so I won't watch. But thank goodness for the maid who noticed a cache of guns and ammo and some suspicious activity by three or four guys and a woman at a hotel which overlooks Coors Field in Denver because she alerted the cops and they stopped what could have been just a horrific, horrific uh, Las Vegas country music concert type situation. A mass shooting at Major League Baseball's All-Star Game. I don't know whether these idiots were planning it at Home Run Derby or planning it during the All-Star Game or whatever, but I mean, a wow, 
Wow, wow, wow, wow, wow. That would have been um, horrific. So uh, that old saying, if you see something, say something, uh, rings true. So yes, if you see something, say something. And thankfully that may did, and the authorities in Denver followed up. And I have a cousin who is uh, high up in one of the uh, elite um, law enforcement organizations out there at the federal level. So I'll be looking forward to talking to him about that. Can't give you any more information because he gives me no very much information about that because it's that super top secret. All right, uh, let's uh, move toward some other sports stories. But first, a reminder, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters remains the longest running and uh, most loyal advertiser of the podcast. Although it's hard to put a uh, gauge on the loyalty because, man, AUI is good to me and so is Willis Spangler Starling. Willis Spangler Starling has uh, bought into PressProsMagazine.com. They understand the concept. They understand the appeal. If parents are, are a part of your audience, if loyal parents, and who wouldn't want to support somebody's business who supports the coverage of their high school athletes, that's why, you know, Willis Spangler Starling saw the wisdom. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. I've not talked to them yet about PressPros, but they are sponsoring my podcast at 98.9 The Answer. The Bruce Hooley Show airs 5 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday, 989theanswer.com. And they've sponsored the podcast. And, hey, Chris fell in love with their coffee. Chris Spielman, who used to be on the podcast with me until he took the number three slot in the Detroit Lions organization. Hemisphere will win any taste comparison, and they certainly can match any of these coffee conglomerates, corporations, major chains when it comes to serving their fellow man. I know there are a lot of coffee companies that try to present themselves as, you know, being the most supportive of people who are downtrodden. There's nobody who does it better than Hemisphere because they do it internationally, Nicaragua, Thailand, Indonesia. Um, they buy direct from the grower. So the grower doesn't have to get uh, taken at the expense of the government, which uh, he now can bypass by dealing directly with the great people from Hemisphere. You're getting hand-picked beans. Every bean is hand-picked by people, uh, Thailand, Indonesia, Nicaragua, other nations, and brought to you in a way you'd never be able to get it from others. And the consistency of the roast, the uh, deal you get, 15% off when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps, couldn't be matched by anybody. So I can't recommend highly enough Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, and I really appreciate those of you who have bought from them and continue to be loyal customers of HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Okay, a uh, couple basketball notes. Ohio State basketball is in the market for a transfer guard to replace Dwayne Washington. Uh, I have spoken to Chris Holtman about this. He has not given the names, but I know there are two names that have been reported out there. Uh, when or if they get a guy, you will find that this guy is somebody who has a connection to new Ohio State basketball assistant coach Tony Skin. Tony Skin, who played at George Mason. I believe he's on their Final Four team at George Mason under Jim Laranega. And Tony Skin has con connections with these guys. Here's the problem. They need a guard who can score. They have found a couple guards who have been able to score. How will those guys be received on the team if they come in and they're expecting to average 12, 13, 14, 17 points a game? My specific concern would rest on Jimmy Sotos. I think Jimmy Sotos thinks that Jimmy Sotos is a guy who can fill the void left by Dwayne Washington. I'm not sure he can. I'm also not sure he can't. But Jimmy Sotos is going to have to, uh, you know, really be a great shooter 
in order to do that. The other option, of course, is Malachi Branham. Malachi Branham is lighting it up in the Kingdom Summer League out at Ohio Dominican. Uh, let's just say there's not a lot of defense played in the Kingdom Summer League. Uh, but Michi Johnson looks good out there, and you might have a scoring point guard in Michi Johnson. I am intrigued by the possibility of playing Michi Johnson and Jamari Wheeler together, the Penn State transfer. So this is going to be a cultural fit, if it's a fit, and if it works out, it will be uh, through the pipeline that Tony Skin brings to the job as he uh, replaces Terry Johnson on the staff, and Terry Johnson left to go to Purdue. One note on Malachi Branham, and I don't like this. I don't like this at all. He is going to wear number 22. Number 22 has been retired, Jim Jackson. Now, I feel bad for my friend Michael Red because Michael wore it after Jim Jackson in the years before Ohio State retired numbers of National Players of the Year, but in my opinion, no one should ever wear the numbers worn by Jim Jackson, Jerry Lucas, Gary Brads, John Havlicek, or Katie Smith, or who's the other uh, female player that they have retired? Uh, it's not Nikki Lowry. Tracy Hall. Tracy Hall. No one should wear her number. You got enough numbers, okay? Uh, Malachi, I know you wore number 22 in high school. I get it. But Jim Jackson wore it. <laughs> and it should always be Jim Jackson. Because here's the thing. If Malachi Branham is a National Player of the Year and they want to retire his number, then he should have his own number and his own moment in the sun. College is a great time to flip your numbers. Flip it to 12. Flip it to 21. Flip it to whatever you want. 23. I mean, I don't care. But um, Or two. I'm fine with that. But I don't think Malachi Branham should be given Jim Jackson's number, just like I didn't think Andy Katzenmoyer should be given Archie Griffin's number. Now, in football, they retire the number, but they still allow people to continue to wear it. So you'll see somebody wearing Troy Smith and Eddie George and all that, which I kind of get because Ohio State football, you, you got a bazillion guys already, and you got guys on offense and defense wearing the same number. So I don't have as big a problem with it in football, but in basketball, I'm just not a fan of it. And obviously, I'm somewhat, uh, you know, not down the middle on this because Jim Jackson is my uh, basketball man crush because I just uh, recruit. I, I, <laughs> I said I recruit. I almost said I recruited Freudian slip. I didn't recruit him, but I did a big story on Jimmy when he was at the uh, five star camp in Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh, way back in the day, and uh, between his junior and senior year. And I remember distinctly the day he picked Ohio State, and of course uh, had a ton of fun covering. Jim Jackson at Ohio State, and Jim remains uh, a friend, and I'm not averse to having a selfie taken with Jim when he comes to Ohio State. So, uh, yeah, I got a I got a geeky fan gene in me. It doesn't activate very often, but it does when Jim Jackson's around. And so, uh, hands off that number, Malachi. But he will wear number 22. A uh, little golf note for you: the Open Championship is this week. It's not the British Open; it's the Open Championship, and they are wigging out over COVID in England. And they have nut jobs who are requiring over-the-top safety protocols, in my opinion, including one that will preclude Bubba Watson playing in the British Open. Now, Bubba Watson probably was not going to win the Open Championship. I just said British Open, sorry. He was probably not going to win the Open Championship. But you're you're championship is better with Bubba Watson in it. He's a two-time Masters champion. You don't want Bubba Watson in your championship? Of course you do. Bubba doesn't have COVID, isn't 
anti-vax. He's been vaccinated. He has no symptoms of COVID, but he's been around somebody who may have COVID. And so that takes him out of being able to get on a charter flight with other golfers and go play in the Open Championship. It was interesting. Yesterday, I was watching the final round of the John Deere Classic in between taking a nap. And Ryan Moore was high on the leaderboard and was given, uh, by virtue of his finish, since Lucas Glover won the tournament, his first win in 11 years, congratulations, Lucas Glover, uh, Ryan Moore earned the final spot in the British Open because, as I said, Glover was already in, and Ryan Moore turned it down because he didn't want to deal with all the stupid COVID protocols. So there you go. You reap what you sow. And so the Open Championship will be missing Bubba Watson and maybe a few other people who don't want to deal with the crazy British uh, fascination on COVID. Uh, my friends at Willis Spangler Starling, I mentioned before, uh, big supporters of Bruce Hooley, big supporters of the endeavors I'm involved in. I would never take advantage of them by sticking them with something that I didn't think would uh, reward their ad dollars. And uh, nor would I stick you with an endorsement of a law firm on something as important as the protection of your legal rights if I wasn't a thousand percent sure that they'll do an exemplary job with it. Little, uh, little uh, behind the curtain there. Uh, I've been approached by a woman who was fired by a local school district for a very innocuous comment about the virus coming from China, <laughs> which last I looked is unimpeachable information. Her local school district fired her. They saw a chance to marginalize her because she's um, getting close to retirement and they could skip out on paying her retirement. She asked me if I knew of anybody specializing in employment law. And I said, you better believe I do. And I sent her right to Willis Spangler Starling because they're the best at that, at workers' comp, at wills estate planning, at personal injury, because I want somebody who I know has the utmost integrity and character. A lot of attorneys bring the full court press and promise you the moon, and Willis Spangler Starling doesn't need to do that because they stand on their own merits. I love to deal with people who view their fascination with their life's work as a way to serve others, and that is Willis Spangler Starling. So if you need an attorney, um, that's where you need to go. WillisAttorneys.com is the website. WillisAttorneys.com is the website. All the partners, not just Mr. Willis, not just Spangler, not just Starling. Those are uh, four of the partners because uh, Willis is Mr. and Mrs. Willis. But just amazing people, and um, they're great. So remember that name in your mind, Willis Spangler Starling. Okie dokie. Now with the name, image, and likeness update. If you are so inclined, if you've been living your life saying, man, I got a pretty full life here, but if I could only score an autograph from Seven Banks or Julian Fleming, my life would be complete. Then you can go online and you can find out where Seven Banks and sophomore receiver Julian Fleming are going to be. Maybe it's an investment in the futures market for you, as you think Julian Fleming, former number one overall player in the country a couple of years ago, is going to become an NFL Hall of Fame receiver. You'd say, well, I'm going to get Julian Fleming's signature on a football right now. You can do that for $25. They will charge you $25 
for their signature, Seven Banks and Julian Fleming. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how much they make, what the crowd is like. Are there long lines? Ohio State athletes are going to be readily available for signings, for all kinds of stuff. Now, I've been told that the uh, social media marketers like uh, Jimmy Sotos because he has 100,000 followers on TikTok and Michi Johnson because he has a large number of followers on Instagram. We'll see on football who uh, emerges. Uh, wouldn't be bad to be C.J. Stroud because he has the inside lane to start at quarterback. The national people who are cashing in big, Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma. I've heard he got a big deal. And there's a set of twins at Fresno State. They play basketball. They're both really good. But honestly, why are they uh, highly sought after? They have 3 million TikTok followers. And why do they have 3 million TikTok followers? Because I'm sure their videos are funny and inventive and all that. They're also very attractive. We deal in the real world here on the We Tackle Life podcast. And pretty people, male, female, always do better than those of us, and I'm one of them, who's of average or below average physical appearance. So, uh, self-deprecating and bringing the truth all at once. So, Seven Banks and Julian Fleming, get on out there and get yourself an autograph if you so desire. Now, the high school kids cannot, I repeat, cannot cash in on their name, image, and likeness right now. Even though I'm sure there are some future Buckeyes who could do very well. Let's say Quinn Ewers, the quarterback who is Ohio State bound from South Lake Carroll High School in Texas. Let's say Quinn Ewers was coming to an autograph signing here in Ohio. Can't do it. He's a high school kid. Would make him ineligible in Texas for his senior year. There'd be a line out the doors, out the parking lot, onto the highway for Quinn Ewers' autograph. But, uh, alas, he has to wait a year. And if Quinn Ewers is a smart young man, and I'm sure he is, he will come up with a logo that has a mullet on it, a silhouette with a mullet, because Quinn Ewers is uh, taking advantage of the return of the mullet. And that is one of his signature things. Now, Quinn Ewers competed last week at the Elite 11 quarterback camp in California, and he didn't finish first, he didn't finish second, he didn't finish third, fourth, fifth. I think he was sixth. Some of that is a factor of who he played with, and I'm not for a second saying that he's not the best quarterback in the country because I checked all the lists. I know I saw a story that said that Cabe, Cade, excuse me, Cade Klubnik leaped over Quinn Ewers to number one in the country in somebody's rating of 2022 quarterbacks. Now, let me just be uh, frank with you. That could be because this service really believes Cade Klubnik is better than Quinn Ewers, or it could be that that service knew that it would get a ton of hits on its latest ratings by leaping Cade Klubnik over Quinn Ewers because what's every Ohio State fan who's a recruitnik going to do? They're going to go look at that and go, what are you, crazy? Quinn Ewers is number one everywhere. Why is he not number one with you? So that might have been, just saying, might have been a traffic building tool to have Cade Klubnik number one on the list. But this is kind of an interesting comparison. Lots of levels to this. It reminds me of Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, both of whom played in the state of Georgia, both of whom were big-time quarterbacks. Fields originally went to Georgia, then he went to Ohio State, of course, as you know. 
Lawrence went to Clemson, where he won one national title and finished second once and finished got beat in the semis once. Quinn Ewers is headed to Ohio State. Quinn Ewers plays at South Lake Carroll High School, and his coach is a guy by the name of Riley Dodge. Cade Klubnik plays at Austin Westlake High School. Okay, both Texas quarterbacks. And they played each other in the Texas Big School State Championship game last year. And Cade Klubnik's West, Austin Westlake team defeated Quinn Ewers' South Lake Carroll team in the state title game. What makes this more interesting is that Cade Klubnik's coach is Todd Dodge. Yes, Todd Dodge is the father of Riley Dodge, who is Quinn Ewers' coach. So you got that? Todd Dodge, the dad, coaches Cade Klubnik, who beat Quinn Ewers and Riley Dodge, the son of Todd Dodge, in the Texas state title game. Now, let's make it even more interesting. Quinn Ewers is going to Ohio State. Where is Cade Klubnik going? Clemson, of course. Their third guy in the mix out there on one of the lists I saw is going to Alabama. So this is the future of the college football playoff. You can have four teams. You can have eight teams. You can have 12 teams. You can have 24 teams. You can have 50 teams. You can have 120 teams. I don't care. It's always going to come down to if you had to bet and you could throw a net over Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama. When is the next time you would predict a school other than Clemson, Ohio State, or Alabama would win the national championship of college football? Because they they have the three, you know, best presumed. Uh, uh, sorry, Spencer Rattler, I just don't buy your defense. It's not your fault, but you know, those three guys: DJ Ungalele at Clemson. Uh, who's the kid at uh, Bama? I forget. He was like number one or two or three in the country. And Ohio State has C.J. Stroud, and they have Quinn Ewers on the way. So, just saying, it's uh, the rich get richer in college football. Uh, Quinn Ewers, South Lake Carroll alums in the NFL all-time include Chase Daniel uh, and Greg McElroy. Uh, South, uh, that's West, Austin Westlake, where Klubnik plays. Alums in the NFL include, this is not too bad, two Super Bowl winners, Drew Brees and Nick Foles. And you say, wait a minute, didn't Baker Mayfield play at one of those high schools? No, Baker Mayfield played at Lake Travis High School. Lake Travis High School. So there is your update on the high school recruiting ranks. I did a lot more with it than I would ever typically do. Uh, because I think that's kind of interesting to keep our eyes on Cade Klubnik and Quinn Ewers. Uh, if you're in business, you own a small business, uh, you know that you need to keep your eyes on your bottom line. And one way to do that is to save money wherever you can. And one way to do that is to do a check on your expenditures for health care, vision, dental, disability benefits, all that. You say, well, I don't even offer that. I'm not sure I can afford that. Well, maybe that's why you need to go to my friends, auiinfo.com, because they can answer that question, and you don't have to waste days and days and days and days and days researching it online. 
and holding and waiting for an insurance company to give you their rates and la la. AUI knows the rates. You don't pay AUI either. That's pretty rocking deal right there. Do they get paid? Yeah, they're not pro bono. They get paid by the insurance companies because guess what? Insurance companies want more business. And so here's how it'll work. You'll go to auinfo.com. You'll type in your question about, I, I don't offer anything, but I'd like to offer something. And, or I offer this and this is what I pay. You think I'm getting a good deal. And AUI will give you the answers, their opinions, their thoughts. Let us work up a proposal for you with company A, B, and C. Then you select the company, you select the deal, and then that company will pay AUI. You don't pay. And then AUI will stay in touch with you, helping you through the latest Governor Mike DeWine executive orders, the latest state regulations. They'll offer you access to their 300 learning modules when it comes to human resources, training for your employees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. AUI partnership is definitely the gift that keeps on giving if you're a business owner. So... I would jump on it if I were you at auiinfo.com. Your business can have two people. It can have 50 people. They're a small business themselves. They specialize in small business. auiinfo.com. auiinfo.com. By the way, I love you guys leaving me a five-star review, if you would, um, at Apple Podcasts. Uh, George, who I talked about earlier in the show, sending me a nice gift of three sport magazines, which, George, I cannot wait to sit down and read those. He said, I tried to leave you another five-star review a couple of days ago, but apparently iTunes has a one-review-per-customer policy. As I tried to leave a new review, I realized that I was editing my original review that I left on January 30th. My new edited review should appear in a day or two, but I believe my original will vanish as this new one replaces it. Well, thank you so much, George, and thank you to those of you who review the podcast. You don't have to give me a five-star review, uh, but that helps. I do read all the reviews, and I do read the bad ones, sometimes even on the air. So. we tackle life at gmail.com is the email address, and the reviews are uh, much appreciated. All right. Uh, as we transition now into the faith portion of the podcast, I told you last week that when my wife and kids are gone, and around July the 4th, I always make it a point to try to watch Saving Private Ryan, or I watch The Great Escape. Very often I watch both. Uh, or I watch, um, this year I watch Lone Survivor, Marcus Luttrell. And I never want to forget the cost paid for freedom in our country. So in the middle of Saving Private Ryan, there is a supporting actor uh, by the name of Barry Pepper. Barry Pepper uh, plays Private Jackson. Private Jackson is the marksman in that movie, okay? And uh, he has a couple really memorable scenes in that movie. And one of them is the memorable scene where he is in the tower in, uh, what's the name of the town? Realm or, it's, it's the French town where the whole movie culminates, okay? And he's up in the tower and he has this, he's a marksman. He has uh, the gift of being able to um, shoot accurately from a long distance earlier in the movie when they encounter a german uh, when they're when they're walking and they're trying to find private ryan there's an interlude where uh, private jackson says um hey this mission's uh, wasted because i'm a i have a special skill 
you put me anywhere within a mile of Adolf Hitler with an open shot, and it's game over, we all go home. In other words, he's a very confident guy that if he got a shot at Hitler within a mile, he'd take him out. And then they get into a ambush at another situation, and there's a guy up in a tower shooting them, and Private Jackson goes, and he gets behind this uh, jeep or rubble or something. And you see from the sniper's perspective, he's looking around, and he trains his uh, rifle scope on uh, one of the soldiers that he's already shot, and then he trains it, turns it to the right, and he sees Private Jackson. And the minute he sees Private Jackson, you see a flash from Private Jackson's rifle. And then he shoots this guy in the head, and the guy dies. Okay, so this Private Jackson's a really good marksman. So in the culminating scene of the movie, Private Jackson is in this bell tower. And the Germans are coming into this city. And he's picking them off one by one. And as he's picking them off, first of all, what you see him do is he takes the scope of his rifle and he twists the scope of his rifle. He's fine-tuning the sights on his rifle. Okay? That made an impression on me from a spiritual perspective. The importance of sighting accurately. Okay? Sin, one of the words for sin in the Bible is defined as missing the mark. Missing the mark. If you're a marksman, the accuracy of your rifle sight is everything. Private Jackson, in the movie Saving Private Ryan, would not have been able to deliver on protecting his uh, fellow soldiers from that bell tower if his rifle sights were off. He could have trained the crosshairs on an invading German soldier and fired, and his rifle would be telling him one thing, but the results would tell him another because his sights were off. So he fine-tunes the sights. And as I thought about that, and I thought about my Christian life and your Christian life and our Christian lives, I thought about sin being defined as missing the mark. And it's interesting that we often go through our lives, and unfortunately uh, there are many people who go through their lives, and they think they're just fine. They think they're sighted perfectly. I'm a good person. Uh, I'm better than the next guy. Uh, I'm not perfect, but I'm pretty good, so I'm pretty sure that I'm pleasing God. And you know, I don't really want to think about the uncomfortable nature of the of my sin, and I don't really want to think about where I might be falling short or where I might be missing the mark. And so I'm just going to continue with my life as it is. And you know, maybe someday I'll get serious about my Christianity. Maybe someday I'll get serious about my service uh, to others. Maybe someday I'll get serious about uh, eradicating the profanity from my vocabulary or being impatient with people or being a glutton or whatever. Maybe someday I'll get serious about it, but right now I'm pretty good. You know, my, I'm pretty sure they have not fine-tuned their sights on what God says is important. Now, hear me. Your performance does not win you salvation. Your performance authenticates your understanding that salvation comes only from Jesus' death at the cross for you. But I thought about that visual image of him fine-tuning his sights to make sure that he did not miss the mark. Now, what's really interesting to me, two things. As he's doing that and as he's getting ready to shoot, he quotes a Bible verse. He quotes the first two verses of Psalm 144. Praise be to the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle, he is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. That was a psalm written by David. David was a great warrior. 
you can debate, and we could talk about the propriety of reciting a Bible verse as you cite your rifle to kill a fellow human being, but I find it interesting that in a Hollywood movie, they used Scripture and this person, this character's clear faith in God, his clear acknowledgement of his gift of accuracy as a marksman being a gift from God, and that he was using it in his way, in his own way, to glorify God by eradicating evil from the face of the earth. So I thought about missing the mark. And I think, you know, in a shooting realm, missing the mark, what would the mark be? The mark would be the bullseye, right? You want to be right on the money with your shot. He said he could take Adolf Hitler out from a mile away. Man, you got to be a tremendous shot to do that. But I think that we confuse in our own lives missing the mark, the mark being perfection, with what God says the mark is. God sent Jesus because he knows we cannot be perfect. We are ill-equipped to be perfect. We are, we are not made with an ability to be in the bullseye of behavior every second of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year of our life. We are not going to do that, and God knows that, and that's why God sent Jesus. Yet, Jesus talks a lot in the Gospels, and Paul talks a lot in the 11 books of the Bible he wrote about our behavior. So what is the importance of the mark? What is the mark if we can't be perfect, we can't be hitting the bullseye of behavior, what is the mark that God wants us to hit, God wants us to not miss, because if missing the mark is sin, being on the mark is what? I believe that it is turning away from our own reliance, our own self-sufficiency, our own provision for everything in our life. I believe the mark that God wants us to hit is reliance on him, acknowledgement of him, extolling him, esteeming him, placing him above everything in our life, that his authority extends over everything in our life, his sovereignty is over all of our life, that our reliance is on him. We are, we are under his authority. That is, I believe, the mark that he wants us to hit. That in all things, we acknowledge him. That our abilities come from him. That our redemption comes from him. Our restoration comes from him. Everything comes from him, and we need to be linked to him. Instead of turning away from him and relying on our own strength to be perfect, which is a total losing proposition and a tool Satan uses to beat us up and make us think we don't deserve salvation and we, don't, uh, we aren't entitled to salvation, which we didn't. He's right. That's the answer, by the way. When Satan tells you, you don't deserve salvation, you go, you know what? You're right. I don't. And good thing I don't have to deserve it because Jesus died so that I can have it even though I don't deserve it. Satan hates to hear that because he, he has no response to that argument. He has, he has tons of inventive, crafty, duplicitous responses to us when we go, yeah, but I'm, you know, but I'm this and I'm that. He'll always win that argument. You'll never win that argument with him. Not mentally, not audibly. You'll never win it. 
He's the father of lies. He'll always confound you. He'll always convince you of the wrong thing. But if you say, you know what? You're right, dude. I, I don't deserve it, and I know I don't deserve it, but I still get it because I'm putting my faith in Christ. Satan has no response to that because he has no response to the blood of Christ. It, it just totally defeats him. It has already defeated him once when Jesus rose from the dead, and it defeats him every single time a believer dies and is united with Christ in heaven. So don't think of the mark as perfection. Think of the mark as communion with God, relationship with God, relying on God, acknowledging God. That is what I believe the mark is that he wants us to hit, to be linked with him, united with him. Um, And that is available to all of us, Um, whether we can shoot like Sergeant Jackson or uh, Private Jackson or not. So I love the movie Saving Private Ryan because that's just a really cool acknowledgement of our call as Christians. And um, I hope that's instructive to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. Uh, This is my favorite portion of the podcast. I am so honored that hundreds of you, sometimes more than a thousand of you, listen to this podcast every week. And I'm hoping our audience will grow as football season approaches and we talk more football. I hope you'll tell your friends about this podcast. Subscribe to it on iTunes and Google Play. I deeply appreciate your emails and your reviews and your feedback on my content. Patronizing our advertisers, Willis Spangler Starling, AUINFO.com, and HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Thank you so much for allowing me into uh, your podcast space. You have a lot of choices, and I'm very grateful and appreciative of your time. Thank you. God bless you, and have a great day and a great week. Talk to you Wednesday. Thank you.